That's what the uh, Commanders are hoping will be their theme song this year. Another one bites the dust, right? Uh, well, we're going to find out a little bit about whether they're headed in that direction or not. I made the comment the first hour, and Matt's kind of still sitting in here. I think he'll nod his head in agreement. Every summer when they were here in town, and even when they haven't been in town, we always look at the Redskins football team commanders and say they win the August Super Bowl. They win the August Super Bowl every single year and they're gonna win it again this year because we finally got dan snyder the heck out of dodge we got a new owner it's all feel good the vibes are great we put grandstand up and they're filling them in ashburn with with excited fans and as i said earlier you know what the team on the other sideline isn't going to care one iota about that if you can't run and block and catch and score and stop the other team from scoring it's not going to matter. Right now, it's all great, and they needed it, and it's a great shot in the arm. But the players have got to get the job done. And a guy who's been watching those players a little bit up there at Commander's Training Camp is Darrell Owens from the Legacy Maker Sports Network, making his first appearance with us on the Sports Huddle on 106.1 ESPN. Hello, Darrell. How are you? Hey, Bob. How you doing today? Doing fine, thanks. How would you do in the heat up there in, in Ashburn? Ooh, well, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the heat. Uh, yesterday wasn't so bad. Yesterday wasn't so bad. It was a little cloudy, a little humid. Uh, but today was today was tough. <laughs> today was tough. It was about 98 degrees, uh, and you could feel every bit of the humidity. It was really, really, really hot out there today. Um, but uh, overall, very productive practice, I believe, but very, very, very hot out there today. What did you see from a practice that would enable you to call it productive, um, You know, just how it kind of flowed uh, and how it was kind of run? Uh, well, you know, they the way they kind of ran it today, uh, you know, they started off a little bit with the individual drills. Uh, and the individual drills, and then kind of went with, um, you know, breaking up into groups, and then they went to a 11 on 11. And when they went to 11 on 11, it did start off a smidge rocky for Sam Howe. Hmm. Uh, he he ended up going five for seven, or excuse me, seven for nine overall uh, during the 11 on 11s. But uh, there was one at the line where it was tipped, I believe, by Jonathan Allen, and somehow he was able to catch it with one arm, uh, and he almost brought it in for the interception. But Charles Leno kind of was able to knock it away as he was falling towards the ground. Uh, So that was a little bit of a tough one. Uh, But besides that, uh, you saw a lot of him connecting with Dotson. You saw a lot of him connecting with Logan Thomas. And in one of those passes to Logan Thomas, uh, the rookie, Emmanuel Forbes, mm-hmm. uh, on the defensive side, the number one pick, he he almost, almost uh, was able to pick that one off. He's so quick and so elusive, uh, and he was able to get his hands in there, but Logan Thomas was just just enough strength to kind of pull it away from him. Uh, so uh, I felt like even though there was times where, you know, it might have been a smidge shaky for Sam, I think overall it did pretty good. Um, he was – hitting on his reads. It was making um, some pretty good plays. Uh, but there was one other interception that happened on the 7-on-7 drills, and Cameron Curl was the recipient of that one. Did Sam Howell take virtually all of these snaps with the first team, or did Jacoby Brissett get in there some? How did, how did uh, Eric Bieniemy kind of handle that? No, it was mostly Sam Howell in the, with the first team. Um, looks like uh, they were doing anywhere between about uh, like 10 plays with Sam. 
Then they went and did maybe about four to five with uh, Jacoby with the second team, and then Jake Fromm came in and did about three uh, with the third uh, the third stringer. So uh, Sam Howell is getting most of the uh, you know getting most of the snaps there, uh, but there is still you know in in their eyes a competition at the quarterback, and you know everybody's looking at Sam Howell to be the number one guy, and as long as he doesn't slip, it should be him. Um, but they do have a good security blanket with Jacoby Brissett there. Uh, you know, you can tell Jacoby while he's out there, he doesn't make any, it may not be like spectacular, you know, he's not, maybe not throwing the ball, you know, 40, 34 yards down the field, but he makes the smart plays, uh, and he makes, uh, the smart and decisive plays when needed. So a uh, good game manager from what I can tell. Um, but I think Sam's going to bring a little bit more of that excitement. But, yes, yeah, Sam right now is the number one guy. Darrell, I'll tell you, our, our regular producer is not here today, AJ. Um, he is absolutely committed that Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starting quarterback by the time the season <laughs> starts. So that's kind of why I probed you with that question, uh, figuring that Sam Howell is certainly clearly taking the majority of the of the first-team snaps to this point. I guess uh, Brian Robinson was probably the featured guy today at, at training camp. They always put a guy, sometimes two, on the, on the podium for the media because I'm seeing all sorts of tweets and stories about Brian Robinson. But what did you see? Um, from him and from Antonio Gibson in that commander's backfield? Well, you know, they're definitely, uh, B-Rob is definitely the, the lead guy there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yep. um, getting most of the snaps there. Uh, and then you see Antonio kind of coming in. They're using a lot on the on the pass catching front. You know, a little dump pass maybe here, but they've been using him more catching out of the backfield. And so you've seen a little bit of that from from Gibson, uh, but Gibson is also taking, um, you know, or has been with the special teams as well. Him and um, um, Dotson, uh, a receiver, uh, John Dotson. So they're both been getting reps also on special teams. So, but yeah, B. Rob has been kind of leading the way on that. He's been on the first teams on that, and then you see a little bit of Gibson uh, coming in with the second team. But they've they've kind of mixed them. But it seems like B. Rob is the man that's taking the lead there. How much did you focus in on Eric Bieniemy and the way he is running and handling the offense? Well, th- that's the, that's the thing that I've, I think I've taken from OTAs up until now. Uh, the one thing that Ron Rivera made kind of clear early on, he said, "Hey, Eric Bieniemy, you know Jack Del Rio, they they've been pretty much running these practices, but EB has been the vocal one. I mean, hmm. you have you've heard Bieniemy out there, you know, barking, you know." Uh, you know, screaming, whatever it needs to be done, <laughs> teaching the players, bringing them in. I wouldn't say coddling, but definitely bringing them in when need be to talk to them and say, hey, this is the mistake you made, or hey, you could do this better. And you can see that. And the players are very receptive to it. Um, a lot of the energy that you got from the players, uh, you could tell that they were like, they're, they're excited to have him there and they're ready to learn. But he has been very demanding, um, but in a good way. You can definitely tell the difference between him and Scott Turner. That I can tell you yeah. for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I can I can tell you for that for sure right now. But the energy is definitely really good with EB. Uh, you could just really see um, how things have flowed. Um, the bigger thing with that as well, as you know, Rivera took that step back and he looks very happy. Like Ron Rivera is the happiest I've seen him <laughs> since we've covered the team, and <laughs> you could just you could just sit back and see how happy he is. Uh, and he's just letting the EB run the ship, and he's just kind of, you know, laid back, you know, taking directions when, you know, 
giving him, you know, instruction when need be. And he kind of said that to us as well. He was like, hey, they're going to run the show, and I step in when I need to step in. So, so far, so good. EB has been kind of running that ship there, and Ron has been back there, you know, you know, making sure things continue to go. But it's been EB's show. Hey, how do you, Darrell, how do you think um, the players were impacted and affected by the energy of the crowd, which we haven't seen at Ashburn. They put up new grandstand and, and, uh, and, you know, there were crowds of people that they haven't had there in, in, in the years they've been back since, since Richmond. Um, what did you think of, of that part of it and how it provided any energy for the team? It was, it's definitely made a difference. That's uh, in most of the press conference for the last couple of days, the players have talked about the energy that the, that the crowd has brought them. Uh, you know, last year they didn't have that many uh, people out there. Uh, they would have select uh, season ticket holders out there last year. Uh, so it wasn't really a big crowd, so it was kind of like light. But this year the energy is up. The grandstands, I, I do feel like it is a little hot out there. Yeah. And I, I, can, I can only imagine uh, how tough it is to sit on those bleachers and be in that heat at the same time. But they've been dedicated, and you can the energy has been amazing. Now, yesterday – Oh, we saw um, Josh Harris make an appearance. He was there on day one. Unfortunately, I was at SEC Media Day at the time when he was there for that. But he also came out yesterday, uh, high-fiving the fans, signing autographs. Uh, it was just, you know, they, they started chanting his name. You know, they were like, you know, Josh, Josh, Josh. And you saw a little bit of, uh, you know, a little, little dance matter hate, but not too much. It was more love on Josh. But the most interesting person that I saw there yesterday was Governor uh, Youngkin. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was there yesterday shaking hands, putting on the big Brian Robinson hat uh, that, you know, have uh, become really popular throughout uh, sports since he started wearing it last year. And, yes, uh, he was out there yesterday. And the first thing I thought about when I saw him out there was, hmm, must be trying to make a plug to keep to make that move to Virginia. No doubt about <laughs> it. No doubt. So, but, he, but, he was, but he was definitely there yesterday. Uh, so, and then today, Kevin Durant uh, yeah, appeared. So, I was going to ask you if yeah, you had an audience with him. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to speak with Kevin. <laughs> I didn't get a Shocker. chance to speak with Kevin. Uh, and I, it would have been nice, but uh, as soon as he you know, pulled up, they had him on the golf cart. Fans started running towards him. Uh, I think he signed a couple of autographs. Went up top. He was up there with Jason Wright watching um, the team. And he's always been a big, um, you know, Commanders fan, uh, you know. And so it was just cool to kind of see him out there. But the energy in the park is completely different than it was last year. It completely a different. Brave new world for the Washington Commanders right now. I was thinking about it when you mentioned <laughs> the Governor Yunkin thing. You know, a year ago, the Governors were staying as far away from the commanders as they possibly could. The Maryland, the Virginia governor, the mayor of D.C. Now that Snyder's gone, they're all clamoring because they want that stadium. And there have been moves made, inroads here in the last five days or so, um, that the city of uh, D- District of Columbia is back in the running again for that RFK spot. So that's going to be really interesting. I think you make a great point of, of the governor being there for, for more reasons than one, for sure. All right, you, you alluded to it, uh, Darrell, before I let you go. Uh, uh, Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network, covering the commanders. We're going to hear from him again during training camp. But you also were crisscrossing the region, and you were in Charlotte Wednesday, I know, for ACC Media Day, which was the day to be there because it was Virginia and Virginia Tech Day. Our man Matt Joseph was there. I know you ran into him as well. What was your takeaway, your perspective from what you heard, particularly from the Cavaliers and the Hokies? 
well, it was great to definitely great to uh, catch up with Matt. So it was nice to kind of meet him while I was down there. That was definitely fun. Uh, but the perspective I've seen from both um, coaches were a little bit different. From Tony, I, I, you know, Coach Elliott, I felt like he was he's still trying to right the ship a little bit. You know, the, for, you know, even the last season was really rough for UVA. Uh, on some just so many different fronts. I mean, earlier in the show, um, you know, you played the clip from Brennan, and you can just kind of tell there was just there's, there was something to miss there, something maybe just not going the way things were, um, you know, they wanted. Uh, but Coach seemed very optimistic about the season. He seemed very excited. And I think he's getting a chance to put in, you know, truly put in his system. Uh, the only thing is they just a lot of the, you know, the receiving core is pretty much new except for Malachi Fields. Uh, you know, they got, you know, they do have Hollins coming back after the tragedy last year, which is a good deal. They got Paris Jones. Uh, so you can tell that he was a lot more optimistic. And I think he's just ready to get the season started to try to get things rolling. Now, Coach Coach Pry, on the other hand, uh, I, I loved his, I want to say, I want to call it cockiness, but <laughs> it's definitely his confidence. You could definitely tell that he is excited. Um, about the recruiting class that he was able to bring in, and he talked extensively about how important it was uh, for him to recruit in the state, and how he wanted to make sure that um, you know that Virginia Tech continues to be the premier football, um, the premier football um, uh, team and college football team in the state. And he he said it multiple times, and, he, and we did an interview with him, and he said the same thing. He just was like, "We're the premier." Flagship, right? Flagship way. is the word he used. Yeah. Flagship, flagship program, there yeah. <laughs> there you go, yeah, yeah. Flagship. So flagship was kind of like <laughs> it was a flagship school here in the state, you know. And he and he he made sure that uh, that he <laughs> he kept making that point. I heard him say it a couple of times, so he wanted people to know. Uh, so the rivalry sounded button a little bit, mm-hmm. and, you know, with the second year with the second year head coaches, mm-hmm. and I like it. Yeah, me too. That's fun. That's really good stuff. Really good stuff, Darrell. Greatly appreciate it. Um, you, you win this one. You knocked it out of the park today, and we'll look forward to uh, hearing from you a couple more times. I know during the training camp, you're going to check in on the Ravens uh, a little bit too, aren't you? Yeah, well, next week, uh, Commanders for one day, and then I'll be with the Ravens for three days. So nice. um, it, it should be fun um, to crisscross across the Beltway. Uh, <laughs> to see how things go there. But, yeah. yes, we'll be with the Ravens next week. All right. Well, we'll catch up with you on that. Get a little rest this weekend, all right? You've been you've been working hard all week, and we'll catch up with you next week, all right? Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Darrell Owens checking in on the ACC Media Days and the start of Commander's Camp, and you can check out their work, Legacy Sports, uh, LegacyMakerSportsNetwork.com, and on Twitter, as well and you'll hear from him on a regular basis we hope right here on the sports huddle hey before we go to the break and get one more segment in let's give away one more set of tickets to the beer bourbon and barbecue festival tomorrow meadow event park in uh, doswell from two to six we have three kind of an odd number we have three left so here you go we have three passes uh general admission passes get you all the tastings you'll still have to buy the great barbecue but you'll get all the tastings of the beer and the bourbon and again as greg nivens when he was in here said Make sure you plan accordingly. You know, if you're going to have the bourbon and the beer, make sure you got an Uber ride home or or you got a designated driver. They sell DD tickets up there uh, for a much cheaper price. Um, so please be safe as you enjoy yourself up there at the Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival. Since we're giving away three tickets, Lewis, let's take caller number three. 
this time. And all we need is your name and email address, and we will email you these tickets right now, and you'll have them ready to go tomorrow. Just show them on your phone or print them out, and they'll scan them, and you'll be good to go tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 6 up there at the Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival. Caller 3, 804-327-0888, and we'll wrap it up for the week next on the Sports Huddle.